Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. Man, today, you know, I was driving around. I was, you know, I was gone to the supermarket and, you know, this message started coming up. And I kind of put it on pause while I was in the supermarket or whatnot. But uh, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back from the supermarket and it just kept coming up. So I said, you know, let me just stop what I'm doing. I'm going I'm to cook breakfast for my for my wife today and for me. And I said, you know, let me just stop for a second. She says she ain't hungry right now. So <laughs> I'm going to record this podcast, upload it, and then go cook breakfast. But um, we'll, we'll see how long it is. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump in prayer. I hope everybody's doing well today. If you're in the Lord Jesus, then I know you're doing well. Don't mean everything is well around you. Right? But God gave you peace. Hold on to your peace. No matter what is going on, hold on to Jesus Christ. No matter what is going on, he is your life preserver. No matter what, hold on to Jesus. And remember what the Shunammite woman said, all is well right? All is well. All right. That's all I'm going to say on that. Now, let's go ahead and pray and get it, get it started. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. You're a glorious God and victorious God. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that allows us to be your sons and daughters, Father. Thank you, Father God, for being with us, Father, and thank you that you know exactly who we are, Father God. Although for a good portion of our lives, we really don't know who we are, Father God, but you always know who we are and we're yours. Father, we thank you today. We pray that you would reveal to each person listening to this podcast, if they don't know who they really are yet, Father, we ask that you would touch their hearts, that you would begin revealing yourself in them, that you would begin revealing who they are in you to them, Father God, that you would make it known to them, Father God, that you would make it plain to them, Father I pray against any confusion, Father God. The enemy loves to confuse people, Father God. And many of us have been confused about certain things since we, we were at a very young age, God. But I pray against confusion in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would uproot any root of confusion, God, that has people believing that they're one thing when they're really something else, Father God. I pray this earnestly in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would anoint me for this message, God. I pray that you would not just use me, but that you would speak through me to your people and that wherever this message lands, Father God, whenever it lands, that it will be timely, that it will be effective, Father God, and that it will do a good work, Father, on the receiver. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so the title of this one is a toss-up between the case of mistaken identity or no weapon formed. I think I'm going to go with no weapon formed. But really, this message is about mistaken identity, okay? But I'm going to go with no weapon formed. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. So anyway, what I want to say is this. Many times, you know, people suffer from a case of mistaken identity. And I'm talking about Christians, although this is everybody, but I'm specifically talking about Christians because this is a Christian podcast. We suffer from a case of mistaken identity because more often than not, we don't know who we really are. And then because we don't know who we really are, we are surrounded with people many times 
that don't know who we are. And they're telling us, either they're telling us verbally or they're telling us with their, you know, with their words, with their actions, with their behaviors, they're telling us who we are. And it's kind of like being uh, towards a mirror, you know, there's a, a reflection of you, right? So you kind of get to see back what you look like. But unfortunately, when you don't know who you are and when others don't know who you are, then it's, it's like you're in a fun house full of mirrors. I grew up in New Jersey. Y'all all know that. New Jersey has the, the boardwalk, the Jersey Shore, all of that. There's rides over there. It's like amusement parks. And, you know, there's fun houses. It's called a fun house. When you go in a fun house, there's always these mirrors in there. You've probably seen it on TV or in the movies. Or maybe you've seen it in, in your neck of the woods, whatever country you're in, whatever state you're in, right? You know what I'm talking about. You go in there, you step in front of a mirror, it makes you look short and squat. You step in front of another mirror, it makes you real wide. Another one makes you real tall. So it is a reflection of you, but it is a distorted. <laughs> it is a very distorted reflection of you. Now, when you see yourself in those mirrors, you know for a fact that is a misrepresentation of you. You already understand it. They call it a fun house. It's fun. <laughs> Look at me. I'm so... I'm so skinny. I'm so tall. I'm so fat. I'm so wide, right? It's it's a misrepresentation of you. But we know that so we don't get bent out of shape. We don't get all twisted about it. So there's no case of a, of mistaken identity. In other words, we don't identify at our core with what we're seeing in those mirrors. If that makes sense, okay? Now, when you don't know who you are and when you don't know who you are in Christ, because this message is twofold, people, like I said, will tell you who you are. Those with the loudest voice, you know, people usually tend to follow them. And even if it's just one, sometimes it's just one person. But again, if you have multiple people telling you certain things about yourself, even if it's not true, if you don't know who you are, those things would stick to you. OK, the enemy likes to do that with us because he wants to hurt people. He wants to hurt people. And so what he'll do is he'll use people to hurt other people. He'll use people to say things to you that are hurtful, that are painful, that are untrue. And see, if you don't know who you are in Christ, you know, those things will stick to you. They'll stick to you and they will hurt you and they will weigh you down. Um Man, I've been through some things recently, right? This is like over the years, but it recently came to a head. So, you know, there were there was there was times in my life when I didn't know who I was. And you know, other people around me was telling me who I was, and I believed those people for a long, long time. Then I got healed. <laughs> then I got healed, right? So, you know, when those people would try and say something to me, first of all, because I got healed, those people, for the most part, they all got removed from my life straight up. Right. Because I saw they were just being hurtful to me. I saw the enemy was using them to hurt me and wound me. And they're not going to be around me. Still care for those people, still pray for those people, but they can't be around me anymore. Right. Um, but recently I was, you know, I was. <laughs> I, I kind of had gotten engaged with someone, so to speak, in, in conversation uh, without going into the whole, 
big picture. And they said some things about me that was just so, some of the stuff was true. And, and some of the stuff was just fabrication. And I remember I was shocked, but you know what really stood out to me after the fact is that, wow, the, the words didn't hurt me, right? The words back in the day that would have hurt me, but the words didn't hurt me. It was like they, bing, they just bounced off of me, you know, but I did feel a little bit some type of way, right? In other words, because I'm like, why would they say that about me? That's, that's not me at all. And I got to thinking, you know, like, what if somebody said, oh, you know, this guy, this dealer, I do have scriptures. Don't worry about it. What if this guy says, <laughs> you know, Mike Dillard is, is, is a thief and a robber. Mike Dillard is, uh, you know, this guy's always shoplifting. He's always doing this and that. You know, to me, I would be like, what is this dude must be crazy. What's he talking about? You know, it's so I don't identify with that thing. It's like looking in the funhouse mirror. What that person is saying about me is just so ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as the distorted image in the funhouse mirror. I can't identify with that. In other words, because I don't identify with that, it doesn't hurt. However, here's the scripture. The Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Now, y'all know a lot of the things that I share with you, it's come out of my life. It's come from me going through stuff, the Lord revealing things to me, and then I share things to you, tactics of the enemy. And so what I thought about, what stood out to me, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Notice God didn't say, number one, he never said there wouldn't be a weapon formed. He didn't say it wouldn't be a weapon formed against you. He also didn't say that the weapon would not strike home. In other words, I, you know, the enemy got you in the crosshairs. He takes the shot. The shot hits you. It, it, the Bible doesn't say it doesn't strike home, that, the, that, it, that it doesn't hit its target. It never says that. What it says is that it shall not prosper against you. So I started thinking about the words this person said to me. And I'm like, wow, you know what? It didn't hurt. It was a weapon, no doubt. And no doubt, though, this person said it, the enemy was behind that person. Doesn't mean that person's a bad person. Doesn't mean they're wicked. Yeah, y'all know how this is. You know how the enemy moves, right? He wants to use people, right? And I'm like, wow, it didn't hurt. But it did feel some type of way. It's, oh, I understood, right? So the weapon was formed. The weapon was formed against me. And it did strike home. So in other words, you know, there was a, it was like a projectile that the enemy shot at me. It was a, it was, there was a concussive force. There was so much force behind it that, you know, when it struck me, it did knock me back somewhat. But it basically struck me and bounced off of me. Like, wow, that <laughs> that really didn't hurt. You know, it just kind of bounced off me. And that's what made me think about this scripture. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Right. So we have to understand as Christians that the devil has weapons that are formed against us very specifically. And I don't mean us as Christians in a broad sense. I mean us as individuals. So you specifically, the devil has weapons 
that he has formed against you. And the devil, uh, he, he likes to use the same tactics again and again because they're effective. Even when they're no longer effective, every now and then he'll still try it just to see maybe I could get it in there. Maybe it can still work, right? So this is what's going on. He has weapons formed against you because he's watched you. He's had things, spirits or angels, fallen angels, demons, whatever, watching you your entire life. And so these weapons are very specific. So the weapon that will be formed against you right? It probably has nothing to do with me. It probably wouldn't work on me at all. And I'd be like, what is that? That's nothing. Get it out of here, right? And vice versa. But what you have to understand is when you know who you are in Christ and when you know who you are as a person, as a man, as a woman, as a boy, as a girl, right? Once you understand who you are, that's when the weapon doesn't prosper. It still strikes home, but it doesn't get to prosper. There's no self-identification with these weapons, these lies or whatever the enemy is saying to you. You don't identify with that. You know, it goes from being one of these things where it's like, oh, I really believe this about myself to once you spend more time with the Lord, you start uh, searching and crying out to him, Lord, you know, and you got to ask him for this stuff. Lord, reveal yourself in me, reveal yourself to me. Lord, who am I in you? When you're doing that, he'll start bringing it up and you'll start understanding more and more who you are. Now there's also some, some mental work, some self-work that you have to do. So it's not just praying. It's not just reading the Bible. It's not just praying. There is work that you need to do uh, to, to, how's it worded? To gird up the loins of your mind. I hadn't planned on going into this, but here we go. Hold on a second. Let me look this up right quick. Gird up the loins of your mind. 1 Peter 1.13. Let's go there right quick. 1 Peter 1.13. Got the Bible app. Okay, 1 Peter 1.13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the King James Version. I'm also going to read the, read the uh, English Standard Version, which is the ESV. This one words it a little bit differently. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Christ. I like the King James Version much better. I got a good breakdown on that, um, I think about a year ago. So when they're talking about girding up the loins of your mind, what it is, it's, it's, a, it's an illustration. So people back then when the Bible was written, they would have understood this. When somebody was running the race, you know, back then they had like these long uh, garments on right there. I, I don't, I, I guess it's a robe. I don't know exactly what you call it, but you know, you had kind of like a, a belt around the waist and then you had those pants, which were really long. Uh, so if you try to run, of course, you're going to trip on that because the pants are in the way. You'll kind of trip over the pants. So you kind of had to gird up your pants. That's the illustration. You kind of had to pull them up and hold them so you can run. So that's the illustration that Peter is using here. He's saying, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, 
there are certain things in your mind. There's certain things in your emotions, in your heart, in your soul that the devil always uses to trip you up. That's what this is about, right? So it's not just about praying. Yeah, you have to read the word. You have to pray. If you want to get healed, you want healing. But there's also this other part. And a lot of times the churches don't talk about this part. And that's why people end up with partial healing or, or really none at all, right? Because they didn't do the work. They thought they did all of the work required, but, but it takes more than just praying and reading the Bible, right? You have to do this part right here, girding up the loins of your mind. So how do you gird up the loins of your mind? You gird up the loins of your mind through, like, say, counseling or you're talking with a therapist or, you know, for me, I have a I had a a trauma psychologist that I went to. And, you know, that person helped me to see different things that had happened in my childhood and I could find courage in facing those things. It's usually something related to trauma. The devil likes to take trauma in somebody's life and attach things, attach demons, attach habits, attach fearful thoughts or whatever. He plants that seed when the, when the trauma goes in and it grows into something, right? Something, something that's going to uh, inhibit you, enslave you, weaken you, right? Or just make you fearful so that you won't be as bold and walk in the boldness that you're created to walk in. So, you know, the weapon is formed against you. You're praying. You're, you're, you want to find out who you are so that way there's no more mistaken identity. So that way you know who you are. And that way when other people that don't know who you are are trying to tell you something about yourself, which is not true, it will just, beep, it's just going to bounce off of you. I was watching this... Um, this uh netflix it's a superhero show it's about the, his name is luke cage in the comic books they call him power man but he's got bulletproof skin right and i remember in one of the episodes somebody shot they knew he was bulletproof they didn't care you know he had a big gun and you know luke cage is like i'm gonna take you i'm gonna take you to jail and the dude's like not today he pulls out this big gun and he shot him right and the blast hit him. It was a projectile. It knocked him out the window because there was so much force behind it. And he fell on top of a car. And then he looked around. He just got up and brushed himself off. Of course, the bad guy got away. That's how it is. When you know who you are in Christ, the enemy has weapons against you. He's going to fire. It will hit you. You know, it might knock you back a little bit. Like the person said what they said yesterday. It kind of knocked me back for a little bit. And I was like, I just kind of dusted it off. And I was like, what? Okay, well, you know, <laughs> Lord God help him, you know. And and I, I have a personal example also. When I joined the military, I was real skinny. I was real skinny. Like my friends and my brother, they could almost take their hand and wrap it around my arms. I think I joined the Navy. I think I was like 132 pounds when I joined the Navy. Don't hold me to that, but I think I was super skinny. And then over the years, you know, I, I started working out, you know, lifting weights, putting some mass on and whatnot, you know, just a little swell, just a little bit. But <laughs> I still had this identity on the inside of me. Like I was this skinny guy. And I forgot I was a big dude. So I was doing hand-to-hand -hand combat training in the military when I was um, with the, the military police, right? 
Uh, during the Gulf War, I got trained during, they take me from my training command and then I got put in to learn like hand-to-hand -hand combat, started training with the police, the military police, and then I got to go guard a, a satellite base that provides satellite information for all the ships in the Pacific Fleet. And I had to do that during the, was it, I believe it was the Gulf War. But anyway, I, di I digress. So while we're doing this hand-to-hand -hand combat training, you know, you got to square off against somebody else. There was a guy that was big. He was really big. And I remember, you know, you have like a pad on in front of you. And I remember this dude like jumped up and kicked me in the chest. Like that was the exercise, right? He jumped up and like a karate kicked me in the chest. And I remember in my mind, I thought, oh my God, this is going to like really hurt. You know, because I'm so, I'm so skinny, right? <laughs> Which is nuts. But when he kicked me, I mean, I, my body moved barely. It, it barely moved. And I remember thinking, like, I had this aha moment. Like, for a second, I was puzzled. And I'm like, how did that big dude just kick me like that? I barely moved. My body barely moved. I'm, and then I saw in my mind, it's like, I'm skinny. And I said, wait a minute. Whoa. So I got to see there was something that I was self-identifying with, which was not true about me at all. And then I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought about how much I weighed at the time. I probably was like two, I don't know, maybe 230, 240. I was a big boy, right? I'm like, what the heck am I thinking? I'm a big dude. Of course it didn't move me, right? Aha. So that's just one of the examples I have, right? Many, many times people believe something about themselves that is not true. We're coming to a close. It's not going to be a very long message. I'm just saying what needs to be said. And then I'm going to go make breakfast for my wife. Well, we still over 20 minutes anyway. The point I'm trying to make is you probably have some areas maybe in your life where you're self-identifying with something that is no, it's not true. And even if it was true at one point in your life, you came to Christ. You're not that person anymore. Think about Paul. I'm going to have to Google this. Uh, the people feared Paul. Hold on a second. And then they rejoiced. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me see what that is. Uh, where is it? Hold on. I think it's in Acts 15. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I will find the scripture, but what I want to know is, what I want to tell you is this. There was a time when Paul was killing people, right? The apostle Paul was killing people. You know this. It was the apostle Saul. And then he came to Christ and the people, they were afraid of him. Because they remembered he was a murderer. But then when he came to Christ, he was somebody totally different. And he was preaching to defend the gospel that he once tried to destroy. And the people rejoiced. And they rejoiced, right? And so there may have been some things that you did in the past or maybe not. Either way, you're in Christ now. You have a new identity. You're hearing this message so I'm encouraging you to do the work to gird up the loins of your mind because that's how the devil keeps tripping you up. Hey, you know the scriptures. You, you may even fast and pray. 
right? However, there's certain things that you just keep getting tripped up on. Why? Because you've never done the work yet to gird up the loins of your mind. I use something called neurocycling. It's it's a form of therapy. It's a form of self-therapy, basically self-directed therapy, right? There's an app for it or there's a book for it and whatnot, but it's good. I'm not necessarily endorsing this. I'm just telling you like what I what I do. And so that helps me because the way your mind works, we're coming to a close. The mind is really chaotic. So there are things that are tied to other things that are tied to other things that you would just never think that is the root of why I do X, Y, and Z. You, you just would never know that unless you go in and you start looking. Like you you look for the Lord. You you go in the word and you're looking for him. You're looking for him like you're looking for buried treasure. This is what you got to do in your soul. Right? You have to do this in your soul. You have to go looking for these things to face them and address them and to get healing. Otherwise, you're trying to run a race. You're going to keep getting tripped up because... You know, you're tripping over those things in your mind. Man, I am not seeing this. And I really, I'm going to find this. I'm so sorry. Give me one second. Paul defended. Paul defended the faith he once tried to destroy. Let's see. Oh, there it is. See, I'm telling y'all. <laughs> Galatians 1.23. All right. Galatians 1.23. All right. We'll start at 21. Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed and they glorified God in me. So when you come to Christ, you get your new identity. Once you believe you really are that person and you start walking in it. When people are saying stuff about you that maybe once was true or it just totally is not true. It's just going to bounce off of you, okay? So the weapon was formed, coming to a close. The weapon was formed against you. God never said it wouldn't strike you. It was formed against you. The devil shot it at you on purpose. But because you're not a weak thing, because you're a powerful thing, a powerful man, a powerful woman, a powerful boy, a powerful girl in Christ, that weapon will not prosper. In other words, it's not going to do the thing it was intended to do. It's not going to destroy you. It's going to it's going to bounce off of you. So I encourage you, continue seeking the Lord. Continue reading the Bible. Continue fasting and praying. And add to that some type of therapy, some type of counseling, some type of, even if you do the neurocycle thing I'm telling you about, and I'm not getting paid to say it. It's just that it works. And when I thought about not doing it, that's when I got the understanding from the Lord. No, no, no. This is why you need to do this. 
gird up the loins of your mind. You need to do this so you can walk, so that you can run like I created you to run and you will not stumble and fall anymore because the things in your mind that's been tripping you up since childhood, you're going to deal with those things, okay? I really, really hope this helps and this is why I came out, okay? I wanted to take something that just happened to me. I got understanding and I'm like, wow, I'm actually great. Why am I great? Oh, let me share this with the brothers and sisters. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's it. Hey, I love you with the love of the Lord. Remember, no matter what, you hold on to Jesus. You hold on to your faith. Do not compromise. No matter what. You, if you just, oh, I thought I was closing. Hey, the enemy wants to make people think that they have to compromise to get the blessings from God. They, the devil wants you to think that you have to compromise to get the success, to get the, uh, uh, the, the money, to get the relationship. He wants you to think that you have to compromise, but don't you know you are the apple of God's eye? He is always watching you. He's with you. Go to your father. Do not compromise your faith and your integrity. The Lord in his time will bring you out of whatever. Let patience have her way, right? Let patience have her way. And then when you come out, you're going to be like pure gold refined from the fire. Okay, that's it. Really, that's it. Love you guys with the love of the Lord. Remember to always, always submit yourself first unto God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.